0: What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us here on the first episode in 2020 of the Decoding Success Podcast, and to that point, I want to wish you a very happy new year. Also alluding to that point, I hope that you have been able, and I trust that you have been able, to enjoy the holiday season with your loved ones, your family, your friends, everyone close to you. I know I've been able to do so, and it's been really monumental for me, especially to close out 2019, which had a few hurdles and some turbulence. So, to that point, I know you are really geared the fuck up to crush it in 2020, and that is exactly why I just want to let you know the content that is about to come out on this show is ridiculous. I have been working so damn hard on being able to provide everyone that's tuned into this show right now different perspectives from different people, even different types of content categories such as roundtables and things of that nature, so honestly, if you are tuned into this, I just want you to make sure you are strapping yourself in for this ride because this is going to be your go-to resource for all information, insights, knowledge, wisdom, experiences that you need. And I promise you that you continuously tuning into the show will drastically change the trajectory of your course going into 2020. Now, as mentioned, I know that you are geared up for a monumental year, so I'm going to announce today's guest, who is an individual that I was connected with while working with Damon John, specifically launching Damon's book Rise and Grind, New York Times best-selling book, and this individual literally has changed my life in just a few conversations. Just from learning about him, talking with him, talking with members of his team, he is an absolute game changer. So today's guest is Kyle Maynard, who is an entrepreneur, speaker, best-selling author, award-winning extreme athlete, and the first man to bear crawl to the top of the highest peaks in both the western and southern hemispheres. That is absolutely incredible. Now listen to this, Kyle was born with a rare condition known as congenital amputation that left left him with arms that end at the elbows and legs that end near his knees, and he learned early on to live life independently and without prosthetics. As you have already heard me allude to this, Kyle thrives on physical challenges and is a champion wrestler, CrossFit certified instructor and gym owner, competitive MMA fighter, world record setting weightlifter and skilled mountaineer. He is on a mission to make the world a better place and to inspire others to do the same by sharing his story which he is is doing right here today and living by example. He travels all across the globe speaking to thousands of executives and students, athletes and warriors to share his no excuses philosophy. He is a humanitarian who passionately supports numerous charities and commits time and resources to work with wounded and recovering US military veterans. Kyle is the New York Times best-selling author of his life story called No Excuses and the focus of the moving ESPN documentary A Fighting Chance. His story has been featured in countless television programs and editorials which have been viewed by millions around the world. And you want to know what, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle is here today joining us right here on Decoding Success. And I am absolutely thrilled to bring you this episode as the first of 2020, a brand new year, a fresh start for all of us to get up and get after our goals Kyle is going to help us do just that and to that point I want to give a huge shout out to our partner who is helping bring this show about so to that point a huge shout out to Jen They have completely helped me revolutionize my branding agency here in New York City, 1B Branding, to the point where, listen, at the end of the day, having a team is what is going to get you further. And as I mentioned, Kyle's team is absolutely phenomenal. So I want to give a huge shout out to Joey. He's a class act to work with. I worked with him many different times, whether it was the book with Damon or getting Kyle on this show, an amazing, amazing individual. So to that point, having a team can help you go that much further. And at the same time, being able to hire someone straight out the you know, straight out of the gate, if you're a startup or even if you are a scaled business at the end of the day, having interns is what can drastically change your business model and the growth that you have specifically in this year, 2020. So Gen M has been able to help me specifically do that with my agency, which is exactly why I partnered up with them to be able to share it with you. So to that point, if you want to learn more about the Gen M program, it is a three month program, which allows you to have an intern work remotely so you could be anywhere. as they could be anywhere and you could put them on a different track such as graphic design or web development or some sort of marketing role whatever you need in your business you're able to find it on this platform which is why I highly recommend it I have multiple interns currently working with me and like I said it is a complete game-changer and the best part is it is effectively affordable it is so amazingly affordable that is exactly why i have multiple at the same time so i highly suggest checking it out you could do so in the show notes of this episode once again i want to wish you a very happy new year and now without further ado we bring to you our friend kyle maynard kyle first and foremost man super excited to have you it has taken a little bit of time to get you on the show but i know how damn busy you are so i am truly grateful for this opportunity thank you for joining us
1: yeah, thank you for having me, Matt. I figure it's perfect timing, right? <laughs> it kind of always works out that way.
0: I love it. I love it. So, Kyle, first question for you. I'm going to open up a can of worms here right out of the gate. We always jump in two feet. We're not testing water. So, I want to know how do you personally define success?
1: I think that the metrics that I've used to define success have changed a lot over time. Um, I think, you know, as as a kid, it was um, just having friends. You know, I was born with a disability. I don't know how much your uh, listeners are aware of that, but basically I was born with a disability where my arms ended the elbows and legs ended the knees. So as a kid, I really, you know, wanted just success in, in having friends. I wanted to be able to, you know, make friends, go outside, play with kids, um, have, you know, community. Then it kind of evolved into athletics. Um, that really was the kind of dominant chapter of my life, uh, for the next period of time. So from, you know, starting out playing football into wrestling, weightlifting, um, MMA, Jiu Jitsu, mountain climbing, um, those things were really the things that I would measure success against. And I think now it's, I'd say like a deeper sort of like, uh, like a more spiritual or philosophical seeking of success and being able to like, you know, communicate and impart just a a vibrational energy on people that, you know, come across. And I think that that's like a never ending mountain, right? Like there's no, there's no end or no summit to that. So it's all you know, I think just kind of been that stream to to flow into, uh, you know, now in this conversation, even have you ask that question, I mean, like reconsider again, what, what is that like this morning?
0: Right. No, I love that. And I definitely appreciate you exemplifying and elaborating on the changes. And I kind of wanted to dive into that. That was, you beat me to it, honestly, but, um, you know, seeing those changes in your life is really phenomenal and hearing it from you is phenomenal. So I'm going to, kind of jump into you know where you started as a kid right so walk me through your journey of how you landed upon your current definition of success you know who was Kyle in high school and personally I know your background I definitely want to make sure our community of listeners know who you are um, and that's exactly why you're here so we're able to amplify your message so to that point you know I knew you were wrestling and you just mentioned football so who was Kyle in high school (laughs) um
1: I was, I don't know, like a a kid that, you know, wanted to be friends with, with everybody. And I think I was pretty successful in doing that. Um, middle school to, to take it back a little bit earlier was, was really tough. I think in middle school, especially I felt very separate from other kids. Um, you know, middle school was rough for, for a lot of kids, but I think especially then with the physical disability, I felt a bit, you know, just different and separate. I think in high school was where it came into myself and began to really fully accept myself, you know, and realize like, wow, okay, this is cool. I could be on homecoming court or prom court and, you Um, you know, even though I was scared out of my mind to go and, you know, talk to girls at that age, like I was like still, you know, able to push through and to, to do it. Right. So like in, in high school, it began to become really good in wrestling too. In middle school, I started out, I was zero and 35 by the time I was, you know, before I ever won a match. And then by the time I was in high school, then, you know, it was almost as if I was being accused of having an unfair advantage. So just the you know the, the yes the juxtaposition between middle school and high school was was pretty was pretty enormous.
0: So to the point of the difference between middle school and high school, you mentioned self. Do you feel like um you know when you were in middle school the lack of community and having friends was due to self or was it due to other people versus high school? I think
1: you say self versus other people in high school. I think it was probably a combination of, of both. I think it kind of always is that, right? Like, I think the more that we can go and learn to go and accept ourselves, then, you know, the the world will show up differently in accordance with that. I think though, it was also like, um, I failed to, I think, um, yeah, I think I've just like failed to, to do that until I think I lacked the confidence to you know really to take on a bigger goal um right. and you know i think that that had me feel a bit alienated from the other kids you know that i was that I was you know hanging out with right so perhaps for you know your listeners for anybody right that's taking on a bigger goal whenever i've taken on those things myself like you got to have a clear idea of what that target is right and um wrestling I think became like a really clear outlet for me to be able to identify what that was. Um, You know, I think it's a, it's a bit different now at this stage of life to be able to like identify clearly what, what like, that goal is and a more sort of like a broader, like spiritual plane is, is really just, I think the essence of it is like more of like what you said before we jumped into this is like, you know, to go and impact like 1 billion people, I think it's like a super powerful goal that gives you that like laser focus to be able to say like, this is what it is that I'm aiming towards and I'm going towards that and you know, nothing is going to go and stop me.
0: Right. One hundred percent. So let me ask you in regards to that lack of confidence, do you feel like that was why you turned to athletics or did you just have a, like a burning desire to say, Hey, like, fuck it. I, I want to play football. I want to be a wrestler. I want to do MMA. I want to do this. I want to do that.
1: I think it was that burning desire for sure. I think my dad was uh, my hero growing up and I wanted to be just like him. He was a football player, wrestler. And um, you know, that, and also in the military, right so I, I had had, uh, had that mindset of like wanting to have that burning desire to be able to go and pursue to pursue those things. Um, and I think that was able to you know manifest in a way where um, you know in, in high school it came true beyond even like my more wild expectations. You know, I, I really, and even beyond that going into like college years and things like that, like, especially in terms of dating and things along those lines, like I had zero confidence with, with girls before. And then like going into my college years was able to have like exponentially more confidence just from having like a little bit of success and then um, you know, taking it to that next step. I think sometimes we overlook those like little wins, those little victories to be able to then like push us to that next level.
0: Now, what do you feel actually breeds confidence in someone? Is it those little wins compounded over time to a point where it's like, okay, like, Hey, I'm fucking confident in myself now. Or do you feel like there's a different way to go about it? Maybe some inner work or anything of that nature?
1: I think it's actually both. I think the, um, the inner work and acceptance is kind of more of like the, the path that I'm taking now. I think a lot of it in the past has been more of this like outward focus and outward work, but there's also that like deeper inner work too, to be able to like, you know, just accept and come to grips with with who and what we are to then, you know, be able to, to bring that back out. So I think it does, like it, it goes, a bit both ways right like there's it's sort of like action and inaction combined together like doing and not doing um it's a complicated concept to like to wrap our heads around but i think that that's um you know there's there's beauty in in being able to like just accept like fully like where and what we are right now and the fact that like the past is the past (laughs) doesn't even really exist it's almost just an hallucination an imagination and the future is unwritten we have no idea what that's going to go in and lead and, and become lead right. into so you know to reach that point of like stillness and, and accept ourselves and all of our our past up to this point I think it's really, it was really powerful, but I mean, that, does that mean that we stop there or, or what, like we're still here in this dimension, in this reality, right. To be able to go and experience things. And I think that then getting clear on what those things that we want to experience is, is pretty important.
0: Right. Right. Now, let me ask you this. And in, in regards to acceptance, I actually have a few questions along these lines, but the first one, you know, if there's someone listening right now to this podcast and they're like, you know what, it's hard for me to accept myself, I haven't hit my goals, I haven't done this, or I haven't done that, right? What is your advice to them in regards to building self-acceptance, building self-love and things of that nature? Because in today's day and age, you know, oftentimes we're comparing and we're competing and we're competing against someone that we shouldn't be competing against. Like you need to be competing against the person you were yesterday. Oftentimes we get off track in that regard. So what's your advice there?
1: yeah I think <clears throat> comparison is a thief of joy is one of my um favorite things. I think it was Thoreau who said that that I think about often and you know really the only true comparison is that comparison that we have with ourselves and um but yet at the same time, like I think it's it, it is good to have um you know mentors and guides along the way that we're looking out to to be able to go and learn from if you look at the hero's journey I don't know if you're super familiar with that or your listeners would be but like basically all of these hero stories that are told throughout history have a very similar story arc and you know every hero starts out in the ordinary world has some call to like some higher adventure Um, there's usually that like instinct to like wait back and refuse that call But then something inevitably happens, they meet some mentor, some guide, something that helps inspire them to to take that next step. And in doing so, um, you know, they end up starting on, you know, a whole new journey, you know, into the special world, as Campbell calls it, where they meet like the allies, the enemies, the 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 tests, the trials, the tribulations. ultimately facing their own death and from that death like a a resurrection so i think in that like it is critical think, for us to be able to have like um you know a mentor or a guide even like a you know just like a a spiritual conception of, of what that is whether that's you know um you know, spiritual hero of of sorts, right? Like a Christ or Krishna, Buddha, uh, Muhammad, whoever like that is that you connect with to be able to to bring you to that higher place.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm going to throw it a little off course here. I heard you on Tyson's podcast, which was phenomenal, by the way. And I'm sure that was an amazing experience. You guys got really deep in that conversation. And, um, you know, you guys were talking about spirituality and things of that nature. What set you on the course for that? Is that something that was ingrained in you all throughout your life? Or is it something that's new?
1: (laughs) It definitely, you know, I I think like my foundation of it was critical. And my my grandparents taught uh, Sunday school for you know, decades, my, my grandpa is still teaching Sunday school. And so, you know, came from sort of a Protestant Baptist background, I think kind of laid the core foundation of, of my belief system. But then as I began to go and travel and see the rest of the world and see, you know, how different people, you know, worshiped and it, it opened my eyes up to the fact that like, wow, there's, there's a lot more to this than, than I thought um, at first. You know, I also began to go and learn about evolution, things, things like that, and science. Um, for a while, I was I was angry uh, at at God, right, and like angry at the the way in which people had acted in the name of God, and the, the division and the separation that was caused through through that and like faith and i was like that's just not not it not it to me and you know so then i think it's become kind of like a a more full circle thing like as i have began to go and broaden up my horizons i've gone to go and see like wow that a lot of the like the core foundational teachings that i was taught when i was a kid like are, are really like practical and relevant and, and very powerful and can have an enormous impact on on people. But I think that maybe one of the core differences that we miss out on in the West that I think Eastern cultures and maybe more like indigenous or Native American cultures that they really get is the fact that spirituality is meant to be a celebration like it's meant right. to be like something that like you enjoy like in um in India or in Bali places like that for instance you know in the Hindu faith they have maybe like you know 100 plus festivals throughout the year and these are like really you know things that people get into and and have like a deep appreciation for um you know and and then maybe in the, in the west it's just it's different like if you go to church I remember sometimes like that feeling like there'd be different times. Like I'd go to church and, and, and feel really into it. And sometimes I'd go to church and I would feel, uh, like I was being forced there right against my will. Um, I think that like whatever that practice is needs to be something that inspires us and makes us feel like better, whole, complete, that we have like that yearning for to be able to participate in as opposed to something that like we're being dragged to.
0: Right. Right. No, a hundred percent, man. I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, it's really freaking important for all of us to broaden our horizons. However, we do that, whether that's travel or listening to podcasts, diving into books. So I uh, definitely appreciate that reminder and kind of hopping backwards here and going back to acceptance, I want to kind of touch on, um, victim mentality. We just had Dean Graciosi on the show and this came up in regards to like underdog advantages and things of that nature. So do you ever feel like you had that victim mentality or, um, If not, I mean, how would you suggest someone break out of that?
1: I definitely did at at times. And I think, um, you know, it's, I would say it's, it's probably inescapable, right? That, that victim mentality, like is, is it's something that I'm sure, you know, that you encounter every now and then, right? Like it will rear its ugly head. In different moments at different times, and like try to convince us that like we're incapable, that we're unworthy, that we're unlovable, that you know, whatever that is that will come up and, and, um, you know, force us to confront those thoughts. There was a, um, a wine label that really, I think, <coughs> sums this up, as strange as it sounds. There was a wine label that, uh, Uh, me, Joey, my friend, David, um, when we, after we got finished off the summit of Mount Aconcagua, we came down off the mountain and, uh, got to meet this crazy visionary winemaker who had a wine called El Enemigo. And he says that like, at the end of our lives, we only remember one battle. And that was like the, the battle within the original enemy, you know, the one that's inside all of us. So that, that sense of doubt and, um, Fear that constricts, you know. I think that the, the that's inside every single person. That's it's not um, not unique just to me or to you. It's it's kind of a, a universal thing, and that's what keeps us stuck. and And sometimes we're trapped by that firmly, and other times we're able to free ourselves from it. I think a lot of it has to do with our, our environment and the people around us.
0: So, I mean, I'll be fully transparent as I always am on this show, I am most definitely someone that has victim mentality every now and then. I mean, I think every human being who is striving for large goals or lofty goals, however you want to throw it out there, um, will definitely face it at some point. And to the point of it being inescapable, how can we, in your opinion, how can we at least quiet that, you know, is it something along the lines of like, just taking action towards what you want? Uh, I'm curious what you have to say there.
1: I think this goes back to the doing and not doing things, right? There's things in which we need to, to do right towards what it is that we want in our lives. Otherwise we'll just sit there and like wither away. Right. Which I guess is kind of, you know, what, um, Buddha was, was faced with. in that decision was like, do I sit under this tree for the rest of my life in Nirvana or do I go and like share this with other people? And, Um, you know, he taught to go out and share that. That's the definition of a Bodhisattva is one who like helps bring others home to that place. So, you know, I think going inward is going to be a big aspect of, of this, right? That inward seeking and quieting ourselves, quieting the mind, being able to like be more appreciative and and present for everything in the moment. I get caught up for sure. The trap that I get caught up in is like you know how do we create like the best potential future outcome for the world when you look around and you see the amount of suffering that exists in the world it's hard not to you know want to go and do something about that and you know but at the same time i got to go and realize like if i'm only in my head you know, thinking about that, that I'm not present to even have a conversation or, you know, maybe say hi to somebody on the street in a different way that like sets the universe on a a different course.
0: Right. Now, in regards to the inner work that you mentioned, what else are you doing outside of meditation? Do you have anything else that you practice every now and then, or maybe super consistently to help you um, continue building that inner work?
1: breath work is, is something that I'm really fascinated with right now I don't know if you're I'm sure you're probably familiar with Wim Hof and in uh, and his methods I shared his uh, his story with a friend and three days later he, he met him um, I met Wim like a month later uh, after that that has been a big fascination and I think like in this chapter of my life like something that like I will be more heavily committed to I think that like you know, there's I struggle with the fact that like we kind of like have limited ourselves with what we believe to be possible. right? Like on a, on a number of levels, right? Like there's like really profound, deeper healing that can occur you know, just by focusing on like breath, by focusing on meditation, by focusing on, you know love and compassion, that is like super profound. And, uh-huh. you know, fasting, things like that, um, that we've kind of like gotten away from that just obviously with our diet, you know, lifestyle, our stress levels, like all those things are super interrelated and, you know, the amount of sunlight that we get the, you know, community and connection and, you know, friends that we have the time that we can take for ourselves just to, just to be like, we get so caught up, you know, especially I just got back from, from New York. And it was a phenomenal experience. I got to go and give a speech at the, at the UN. And, you know, it was, it was really like remarkable being there in that building. And yet at the same time, I'm like the energy in, in, in that place in all of New York, it's insane. And sometimes like, you know, people might be really into it. Insane. When I say insane, I don't mean that insane, like in a judgmental way. I mean, it's like just like a really like powerful, intense energy, right. Kind of just like that many people densely packed together. For me, I, I like, you know, being in nature, like sitting out on my, uh, on my porch and like watching the, the birds in the bush. It's a different form of success now than, than like, maybe it was when i you know, was a bit younger. Um, but like, if I can do that and enjoy just like sitting and watching the birds, like that actually is like a really like good day for me.
0: For sure. Now, Kyle, talk to me about that breath work, man. I'm hundred percent familiar with Wim Hof. In fact, I do his exercises every now and then. And the reason I say that is because I absolutely love the feeling I get. Like I, I'm be very transparent again. I feel high as hell when I do a whims exercise. Like it just feels it feels so amazing. But that's your own
1: supply, right? That's what he says. Dude,
0: yeah, man. It feels so great. But then it kind of like dwindles away. Like if I'll do it like three days in a row, like I don't get that feeling anymore. So I'm curious, like, how often are you actually doing that breath work in regards to whims? It's kind of been,
1: I would say, sporadic right now. Like for me, like I'll experiment with different things. Like the other day, I actually went the other direction. Wim's breath work is going to be more of like, um, like the breath cycle that he's probably most known for. Like you know, the thirty, like thirty deep breaths in with like a shallow exhale, and you know, you're like deep breath in shallow exhale deep breath in shallow exhale deep breath in shallow exhale you'll repeat that cycle like 30 times and then stop maybe even like up to like 40 times and then time yourself and um the first time i did that cycle i think it was able to like hold my breath for like over three or almost four minutes something like that and um kind of have a bit of an advantage i think built in with that given the fact that i was being like a quad amputee, there's like uh, less blood to go and oxygenate. So even at higher altitudes and mountain climbing, I've kind of experienced the same thing. Um, I think it's, it's less about trying to achieve those like higher states all the time. And it's more about being more of like a sommelier with it, right? Like a sommelier, tasting different wines, they're, um, you know, they're not looking to like there are, there is no best wine. Right. I mean, they, they may have like a couple of favorites that they have for sure, but there's, there's a ton of different things to be able to like taste from and to be able to go and experience and sample. And so, of each time that you do it it's going to be a new and different experience again if we come back to that idea of comparison it's only when we go and compare it to that first time that we go and do something that like changes us but um you know that that first time is amazing like the first time that you have sex the first time that you you know eat a piece of cake the first time that you you know win something in in a sport those first times are incredible but there's also something to be said for i think like the you know just eat each little time. Like now in contrast, like a breath work thing that I did the other day was inhaling and like exhaling as little as possible while I was meditating.
0: Interesting.
1: So kind of like the opposite effect. Right. And it was um, a suggestion that somebody gave me on a flight back to, um, to San Diego a couple days ago. And, um, tried it out. And I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. And it provided a, a completely different experience, but it was, it was, a, it was a beautiful one nonetheless.
0: Wow. Yeah. There's so much out there, man. It, it's incredible. And, um, I, I definitely respect the fact that you, you know, you try different things It's you know really admirable and it's a great reminder to all of us. But Kyle, you know, you mentioned wine twice, man. I have to ask, I can only assume you're a wine guy. So what's your favorite? <laughs> right. Right.
1: Safe assumption.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm a so, fan of uh, the the Malbec grape in particular. is my favorite. It's um, I love that. Yeah,
0: are you Malbec guy? I'm a Malbec guy, but I I mean, listen. At the end of the day, man, Chianti is amazing too. I love Chianti. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, listen. It's I'm not I'm no one to judge. It's all very good. It's, it's all very good. But um, yeah, I love it
1: it's um wine in general i love I, I traditionally like i keep going back to the, the malbec grape I, I think just like the flavor profile in it for me is like was probably my favorite it's kind of a very balanced grape i feel like um it's also the story of it too it's like it was a you know trash throwaway grape in france and they had trouble growing it so then they um started growing it in uh, Argentina at like higher altitudes, colder weather, harsher climate, and it thrived. So kind of definitely appreciate it from that perspective of like the, um, you know, the stimulus and response, to the adversity.
0: Right, right. For sure, man. I, I mean, I'm not as well educated on, um, on wine as you. All I know is that I know where to get it and I know where to or know how to drink it. But <laughs> it is uh, definitely something that I like. We definitely share that in common. So that's great to hear. Now, Kyle, I mean, you do all these interviews all the time man, and you've been doing interviews forever now. So what is a question you wish more people would ask you while doing an interview or while you're talking to them one on one, whatever the case is? And how would you answer that? I think it would probably be
1: I don't actually I don't actually know. I think it's um probably a lot of the stuff that like interests me is like, you know, some of like the weirder like <laughs> mythological or spiritual kind of things that I, I I I spoke about, right? Um, but it's like uh I think, you know, in, in most of the set and settings that that I they speak for, those are um, topics that, that don't come up as much. I mean, probably also political things and, and things of that nature. Like, I think, um, you know, it's definitely something that, that, that interests me, um, as an observer and then seeing like, you know, just the, the polarity that exists right now inside of America, especially, you know, in the left and the right, I think is, um, you know, something that we can do, we can do better with. Like, I think there's, there are a lot of people that have like I think more of a kind of middle ground common interest that uh just want to see people do better in in the world they want to see the world do better they want to see people living happier lives and you know don't really care what your sexual preferences are right they're you know, also want to like help protect the environment but they you know, aren't really too worried about like what it is that you're doing at home, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. So I, I, I think that um, like those kind of like like deeper topics are, are things that like really interest me. As like, you know, because that's going to be the direction of like where is the where is the planet heading? Like, what is it that the world's going to go and look like in another, you know, fifty years? If we're going to go and tear each other apart, then like that. That doesn't do, you know, anyone any good, right. Or if we're going to go and destroy the planet, you know, before we get to that, you know, 50 year mark, at least then, um, you know, it's also going to be a a big, big issue. And those are things like, I'm not super well-versed on, on like all like sustainability and environmental type issues, but like, that's a big interest of, of mine now. It's like, we've got to figure out how to like protect this, this place that we're in.
0: For sure. Listen, I mean, we we really only get one of these as of right now. I mean, there's a few other planets out there, but I mean, right. we're we're populated on one. So it's super important. I definitely appreciate the transparency on that front and, uh, you know, keeping it real with us. And, uh, you know, to respect your time, I got a few more questions for you. The first one being on the topic of advice, what was a piece of advice that was given to you that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? Hmm. Probably
1: what comes to mind right now is not dead. Can't quit. Like it's a mantra that I go back to, um, repeatedly. Right. And there's, there's certain moments where like, you just like, you want to quit, you want to give up and like, you don't see like a way forward. But then like, like the, the truth of that, like is like, no, like you're here, you're alive. You have air inside of your lungs. You have blood inside of your heart. So like, you know what do you want to do now? Like it's those moments where we want to go and give up, we want to go and quit, and it's like, you know, I think that like the the not dead can't quit mentality is one that like has continually proved to be to be true until you know it's like in, into into whatever future that's going to go and be from this moment in time. Like that, I think that's that's probably probably the one that like, I feel like the most connected to, but one also that like, you know, freaks me out. It's like that the challenges that we face that are ahead of us, like, you know, I, I don't know, like as, as long as we have air in our lungs and blood in our hearts. And I think that like collectively is like a, is a, is a species as, um, you know, a uh, planetary species that like, we, we just can't, can't quit. Also, you know, like a probably, a daily practice i have a friend who has a very like ceremonial like daily meditation practice where he has like a uh, um it's called an agni hotra meditation and i haven't committed to it myself it's a big commitment like he carries around a like cast iron like uh kind of pop- like a pyre type device and like burns like a very specific type of uh, cow dung. And it lights this like magnificent blue flame that he does this meditation like every sunrise and every sunset. And he's done it. He said for three years straight. And he wow. said that, that practice was what like, is has been like one of the single biggest things that's like, that's made a difference in his life.
0: That's amazing, man. That's, that's commitment right there. If you're doing that for three years straight at sunrise and sunset, man, that is phenomenal. But to the point that you just brought up about not dead, can't quit, that mentality right there, You know, obviously you've exemplified that and you've lived that out through the work that I've seen that's public and working with you behind the scenes on, on Damon's book and things of that nature. I have to ask you, if you could only be remembered for one thing, what's that one thing and why?
1: I think it would be at the end of my life, I think it would be the elevation of like the vibration of our species, like, and, and whatever that, that means, right. Like, in, in like a biochemical electrical level, also like a deeper spiritual level, like that, um, elevation of consciousness of, you know, the, the, the vibrational aspect of our consciousness of our consciousness of our being, I think is, is the thing that like, I feel most connected with now. And even in saying that, you can probably hear like uh, almost fear in my voice of getting that across because it's so outside of my comfort zone or wheelhouse to talk about this. Um, It's not been the traditional message that I've spoken about before, you know, it's, but it's one that like, I think is, is the, Um, is the future of, of what it is that I want to impart on, on other people and like seek to learn myself. Like there's super grateful for, you know, the, the technology that we have for, um, you know, hospitals and Western medicine and things of that nature. But there's, there are other ways too. like, there are more natural ways. There are more, um, ancestral ways that would bring us back to you know this, like what where we came from i think that like the integration of both of those worlds i think is, is really like the, the apex of where we're capable of reaching
0: 100 percent, man 100 percent. now kyle last question for you just to make sure i'm respecting your time here if you could only give one universal piece of advice for the rest of your life what would that be <sighs>
1: I think it would be to be compassionate and understanding and also still encourage people to be better. We have to hold people to account, but oftentimes we don't have any idea what that other person is, is battling, you know, what other person is, is going through. So I think that that's, you know, the weird duality of like holding people to account, holding ourselves to account, but also having compassion, having, um, you know, just compassion for others and every single, you know, creature that we come across.
0: Yeah, man, listen, that's important. I definitely appreciate that. And it definitely serves as a great reminder, because at the end of the day, um, we're all one, right? We're, we're all connected in, in some way, shape or form. So uh, making sure that we are exemplifying compassion and understanding to others is monumental. So, you know, that is huge. And I definitely appreciate that share right there. Now, Kyle, where can people keep up with you on social? I know you're on Instagram and in those other places. Um, and what do you have going on in the life of Kyle right now? What special projects are you working on? I think,
1: um, yeah, Instagram is, is going to be a good way to, to keep up with me. And, um, currently, um, working on a project in um in March in Orlando that I'll be announcing soon. But also like uh the idea is to help bring um people to have like a greater appreciation for like the art inside of of everything. And um after having experienced Burning Man, you know, and, and seeing some of the the greatest art I've ever seen in my life, like it was uh it was it really inspired me to be able to like dive deeper into into that community as well and um, artists have a unique way of of viewing the world and i think it's a it's a special one and one that I'm, i'm i'm learning myself now too but definitely at my very early stages of it i used to draw when i was a kid and um would come home every day after school and i would sit and i would draw and then uh you know somehow just lost touch with that and stopped doing it. But to be able to reconnect with that, I think is really a a big thing that, um, that I'm committed to right now. So I'll be announcing more of that soon, but um, I have a website, just kylemaynard.com and um, yeah, people can reach out to me there and get in touch with Joey, who you know, is uh, my childhood best friend and and business partner and um, would not be where I am or a fraction of who I am without him.
0: Yeah, man, he's a great guy. I'm definitely gonna make sure we're all on the lookout for that. And uh, to the topic of Burning Man, I'm actually working with them on a project right now from the branding perspective. So it's cool to hear that you went to that. They actually just uh, extended an invite for me to go out there. So I might have to take that up based on your recommendation.
1: Amazing, man. I could not recommend it enough. Definitely, um, it's one of the greatest weeks of my life.
0: Awesome, awesome. Good to know, man. Kyle, I appreciate you hopping on here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Truly, truly grateful for this.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for taking the time as well and look of forward to, uh, to drinking some Chianti in, uh, in New York sometime.
0: <laughs> Let me know, man. I'm always down for that. Always down. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it from my guy, Kyle Maynard himself. Now, first and foremost, huge shout out to Kyle for taking the time out of his day to join us. Make sure we're kicking off Decoding Success on a high note, especially going into this brand new year, 2020, with all of his amazing insights, experiences, knowledge, wisdom, all that good stuff. So, huge shout out to Kyle, and to that point, I wanna make sure you're connecting with him on social and checking out his website for speaking engagements and upcoming projects. So very simply, you can do so by scrolling up to the show notes of this episode and accessing all of the links to his, you know, Instagrams, the Facebooks, et cetera, et cetera, right there in the show notes, super easy for you to do so. I don't wanna make anything complicated, and listen, make sure you're letting Kyle know you heard him here on Decoding Success. I know he would absolutely love to connect with you, so again, Kyle, shout out to you, man, for hopping on here. We truly do appreciate it, and make sure you are connecting with him. Now, I said a lot is changing with this show, especially content categories and different types of episodes that we're gonna be rolling out, but one thing that's not changing is the dissection of three key points that are made in each interview that we have here on the show. Now, I have three written down here that Kyle dropped, and I'm really excited to share them because I feel like they resonate with me on a super high level. Specifically, even going into 2020 on a fresh new note, um, maybe it's because of the way that I ended 2019, whatever the case is. But those three points, number one is Kyle's quote being comparison is a thief of joy. Now, listen, we're human beings. It's almost really difficult to not compare ourselves in in a day and age where we are force fed the showcase and the trophy room of every single individual on social media and Listen at the end of it sometimes we get caught up in comparing our our year 1 to someone's year 15. Listen, we're human beings. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but I think when you understand that you are robbing yourself of joy based off of a comparison you're making to someone that has, you know, taken steps before you have or whatever the case is. Listen, don't rob yourself of that joy anymore. This is a fresh start for you to do so, and hearing it in that sense has definitely personally helped me and I definitely wanted to point that out and share that with you so point number one is comparison is a thief of joy stop robbing yourself of your own joy you deserve it now point number two is another quote that Kyle made in fact it was a piece of advice that he said was monumental in his life and that piece of advice was not dead can't quit now I want you to really think about that you're listening to this episode and we've all been there at some point and I'll tell you from my own experience I have most definitely thought about making making changes, giving up a podcast, giving up my, you know, my business, et cetera, et cetera, to have more security in my life. But you want to know what? I'm not dead. So I can't quit. There's no reason for me to quit. Things are gonna be hard regardless of me quitting all of my passion projects and things of that nature. And the same goes for you. You're listening to this episode right now. You're not dead. You have blood flowing through your body. You have life, and that is an absolute blessing. So you cannot quit on yourself. You cannot quit on all the dreams that you have. You need to keep getting at, You know, getting after it. So I definitely wanted to point that out. I think that was absolutely huge. In fact, you'll probably see me post about that on social media and of course giving kyle his credit for that one lastly point number three is make sure you're trying different things oftentimes i find myself doing the same shit over and over and over again and you want to know what when you do the same thing over and over and over again you yield yourself the same results and i'm not just talking about in business i'm talking about in life now hear this out If you go to the same restaurant over and over and over again and order the same dish over and over and over again, what good is that doing you? Because you already know the outcome of that. You already know the satisfaction of it. It becomes comfortable. Right? So I want you to make sure you are getting out there and trying different things. Now, this whole topic came up because of Kyle mentioning the different types of breath work he does. So it's a lot bigger than going to the restaurant and getting the same dish over and over. But I wanted to break it down in those simple terms. So you know, keep that in mind going into 2020. How about you try something new? If you're going to leave your office to go get lunch, how about you try a new place that just opened up or a place that's been there forever that you've never had? Maybe you want to hold the door open instead of just letting the person say thank you you saying you're welcome how about you spark up a conversation with them listen try new things because there's so much beauty in this world that we can be tapping into daily that we're not necessarily tapping into daily because we find ourselves in the same routine over and over and over again so listen i want to repeat these three points one more time number one comparison is a thief of fucking joy number two you are not dead you're listening to this damn podcast so you cannot quit on yourself and your dreams you need to keep moving forward and number three make sure you're trying different things so again i want to give a huge shout out to kyle make sure you're connecting with him on social media to that point make sure you're leaving us a rating and review for being able to bring you amazing individuals just like kyle here on this show and especially for what we have in store for you in 2020 i'm not trying to gas us up i'm not trying to hype it up but i promise you you are going to absolutely love it. We are fucking going in on this show and it is going to be absolutely even more massive, even more monumental than it has already been. So be ready for that. Make sure you're strapped in for this ride. So make sure you're leaving that rating and review. Connect with Kyle. Check him out in the show notes of this episode. One last time, I want to give a huge shout out to our partner, Jen M. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, be blessed. Peace.